Occult Confessions is brought to you commercial-free through the generous support of our patrons. Visit occultconfessions.com and click on Donate to help keep the history of the occult on the digital airwaves. On the 7th of January, 1967, Muhammad Chatabi crashed Paul McCartney's custom Mini Cooper, slamming it into an iron pylon and a pole that cut the car in two. Chitabi worked as an assistant for McCartney's friend, the art gallery owner Robert Hugh Frazier. They had been on their way to make a weekend of it, with Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Brian Jones at Richards' estate in West Wittering, Sussex. Chitabi uh, survived, and he managed to conceal McCartney's illegal stash of drugs, which McCartney kept in a box in the Cooper, from the police. However, McCartney was pretty annoyed that he'd crashed his car, especially since it hadn't been insured for Chitabi to drive, and McCartney never pitched in to help Chitabi pay for his injuries. In September 1969, a rumor circulating around campus made its way into the student newspaper at Drake University in Des Moines, the capital city of Iowa. Students had been playing the Beatles' White Album backward. This was practically encouraged by the band who frequently employed backmasking, that is to say music and lyrics inserted backwards into a song. The White Album was an experimental tour of genres and styles. One of its more avant-garde tracks, the nonsensical Revolution No. 9, included John Lennon repeating the words "number 9 over and over. Played backward, those words sounded like uh, turn me on, dead man, or maybe. At least that's what the Drake student newspaper said. In October, a caller shared the story with Detroit disc jockey Russ Gibb of WKNR-FM, and Gibb started experimenting with the album. He then discovered that the end of the track I'm So Tired featured backmasking voiced by Lennon. Played backward, Lennon supposedly said, Paul is dead, man. Miss him. Miss him. Miss him. A legend began to develop. On the evening of the 8th of November 1966, according to the story, Paul McCartney had an argument with his bandmates and stormed out of their studio at Abbey Road. He failed to see a traffic light turn red and ran his Aston Martin into a light pole, decapitating himself. He was discovered early on the morning of the 9th and secretly transported to a morgue. The Beatles hired the winner of a McCartney lookalike contest, William Shears Campbell, to replace the dead Paul. At least so the conspiracy goes. Conspiracy theorists found ample evidence for the legend in the Beatles' playful and postmodern album covers and songs. On Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Paul wore an OPD patch on his band uniform for officially pronounced dead. Uh, so says the conspiracy. In fact, this was an OPP patch for Ontario Police Patrol that Lennon had received while the band was on tour in Canada. Hey, Nikki. Billy Shears is the name of the lead singer in the fictional Lonely Hearts Club band. The album ends with the song A Day in the Life, featuring a man who, quote, blew his mind out in a car, and the White Album's Don't Pass Me By, a song that I have sung to my children, includes the line, you were in a car crash and you lost your hair. They love that line. Played forward, the music Concrete Revolution Number no. 9 makes reference to hitting a pole with a car. The Abbey Road album cover features McCartney crossing the street with his bandmates. He's the only one who's barefoot and out of step with the others. All right, let's, let's take this fever pitch down for a second. In November 1969, Life magazine published an interview with Paul McCartney and his wife Linda meant to put an end to the rumors. A special aired on Halloween night on WKBW out of Buffalo that concluded that the whole plot was likely an elaborate practical joke perpetrated by John Lennon. Perhaps Lennon had been thinking of the car accident that had split McCartney's car, but not McCartney. Or perhaps he was just in a Paul-is-dead kind of mood when he recorded I'm So Tired. The world may never know. McCartney is perhaps the first, but he certainly wasn't the last person accused of having or being a secret clone. Or, in his case, a doppelganger. Maybe you even have a secret clone yourself. Today, on the conclusion of our Doppelganger series, Secret Clones. My name is Dr. Robert C. Thompson, and I am joined by our Grand Master, Olivia Littoral. Hello, hello, hello. Big Beatles fan, Olivia? You want me to say my hot take so that all these people <laughs> that like the Beatles, which is pretty much everyone except for me, are going to come for me. 
All right, you've said enough. You've said enough. I have the Beatles community, <laughs> QAnon. You want to get the BTS community after me too? I think QAnon is probably more focused on me. Yeah, I also put like two bands in like a highly dangerous conspiracy theory group together. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of odd. Yeah, I'm. I'm just you know. I feel like everyone's got that ex that was too obsessed with the Beatles, you know? Yeah. yeah. No. Nikki, are you laughing because it's relatable or? <laughs> no. You never had that? My mom was really obsessed with oh. the Beatles. Oh, shit. Close enough. Well, she Is was... she still? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that doesn't generally go away. Some people get over the Beatles. Most people don't. That's a lifelong commitment. My dad loved the Beatles. I, I, I'm, I'm good with the Beatles. Not, not on the constant rotation on the Spotify, but I, I won't turn them off. I do some, sing them to the kids. Some fun songs. I like that. Yeah. That. Well, what was the seat? Nope. This is never. Yellow mind. submarine. No, I was thinking that like the Rocky Raccoon or whatever the oh yeah I sing that one to my kids too oh that's fun I like that one <laughs> I like to sing songs about car crashes and people getting shot in hotels yeah you uh, know what for the real world happiness <laughs> is a warm gun that's kind of a banger Ooh, it's a good one. I haven't gotten that one in the lullabies but uh, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we'll enter the rotation Nikki mm. Anderson welcome back hello uh, Nikki is untitled and uh, I have been thinking hard about this uh, since she is our naked podcaster I thought she would be the naked truth of the occult confessions alchemical actors does that sit well with you Nikki yes I'm so glad to have a name thank you, you I knew I was gonna include um naked I knew, <laughs> I knew that was gonna make it into the title I'm okay with it it's the truth but it, it but, abuses hey. me every time <laughs> cracks me up Love it. I love it. Uh, and, and you know, there are a lot of listeners out there who are naked, right? So it's only fair. Like right now? More or people should podcast naked because it's podcasting. No one can see you. It's Why true. not be naked? Why not be naked? Olivia, we went through In fact, this whole phase. you guys phase. are weird. You have clothes on right now. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'm kind of sweating, so maybe it's you're like... Warm. Well, hey. A warm. Yeah. Uh, we we had that whole thing with the ladies in the bath listening to us. We went through that phase. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. had some we had some ladies in the bath listening to us. That was pretty I'll listen to a podcast to in the shower. Naked. I'm all right with that. I hope I got to crank it up so I can hear it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's done. Let's put a sound effect in there. Hooray! <laughs> accomplished. Uh, let's go ahead and pledge it out. We, the, we members the members of the secret, secret order of alchemical actors, actors do solemnly commit ourselves to a full and honest telling of the history of the occult as far as we know it. <laughs> Always a delight. Always a delight doing this remotely. Uh, open up the order of confessors, Olivia. This is the thing where you want me to sing some new shit, and every time I'm gonna probably come up with something different till something sticks and people like it. <laughs> right in, okay, right okay. in. If you liked that one, yeah, I'm also a little sick, guys. Message. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we want to welcome just a couple of folks today: Ask Doornot and Ray D. I want to apologize to patrons Wait. who have been joining. Because uh, we're recorded way in advance, uh, my semester began and I started work on a, my spring production. We're doing The Tempest this semester, uh, so I tried to get as much recorded as I could of the Doppelganger series before, you know, I got into all that. But patrons, we will catch up with you. There are some bonus episodes uh, to look forward to this month. Brianna Literal, our metallurgic prophet, is bringing us a bonus episode on Patreon about Pazuzu which uh, I believe involves a serial killer. We haven't recorded that yet. Um, Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, and I encourage you, as usual, to check us out on Discord and YouTube. Those are places where uh, we can connect. We can make friends. We can talk, you know, things occult, things uh, not occult, whatever. Uh, we're there for you. Instagram. Did you say Instagram? Instagram is also a thing. Oh. I, I agree. I guess... You can see pictures of us. Yeah, I guess you can talk to us on Instagram. I guess people don't. Do we respond on Instagram? I respond yeah, we do, on Instagram. Yeah. But... Yep, yep, yeah. You can connect. Like, tag with Olivia personally. She, she, you accept uh, requests. Yeah. Yeah, unless they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> not like now you know. You know, not like you know. 
I'm being haunted by a ghost weird. I'll accept that shit all day, but you know, if it's... If you were thinking to yourself, I don't know if I'm weird and Olivia did not accept you. Well, no, that's... (laughs) You know, know. if you hit me with some A.O. girl... Join the Illuminati. Join the Illuminati today. No, no, no. That's interesting. Illuminati is interesting. She's saying don't flirt with her. Don't sexually assault me. Bring us with that ghost. Yeah, it's through the DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yes, if you talk to us on Instagram, I I will talk to you. If you talk to Olivia, she will talk to you. So by all means, uh, DM us up. And let's close up that order of confessors. Closing it up. Closing it up. Closing it up. Nice. That's it. <laughs> nice. All right. So I just want to warn everyone that I had too much fun with this. Uh, so <laughs> if you couldn't tell already with the intro, uh, I'm going to let some of this conspiracy theory fly. And uh, you're just going to have to, I guess, put on that critical ear and, and remember to yourself when it sounds ridiculous. So let's get going here, because Paul McCartney we've handled. According to conspiracy theory, uh, one anyway eerily similar to the story about Paul McCartney's doppelganger, the exact exact same thing happened to Britney Spears in the the year 1998. Were were you both alive in 1998? Yes, sir. Just. Just barely for Nikki. A single year. (laughs) I was four years old and living my life. You're old enough to be buying Britney CDs. At, oh, at four. Big. T- I. Oh my God. I. No. Sorry. I can't tangent. I. The Lucky CD was like my prized <laughs> possession. We would go camping, and I would sit in the car and make my parents run the fucking car so I could listen to the Lucky CD. <laughs> like you mean like you'd be just be sitting in the driveway? No, just like we <laughs> were camping. <laughs> so I would be sitting in the car while everyone's like at the campsite. <laughs> Just but you just like, needed your Britney hit. Yeah, I'm singing like, she's so lucky, Can't she's a star. Yeah, I'm... Nikki, anyway. how about you? You have a relationship with Britney going back to the 90s? You were very young. Oh, yeah. Maybe the 2000s. But still, I think it was the first uh, cassettes I owned were Spice Girls, mm. Britney Spears, mm. and Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm. She's a huge uh, sex symbol in the in the early two thousands, uh, perhaps creepily so, in part because she mm-hmm. she did trade on that you know schoolgirl uh, image, and and then she I think has since become kind of a, a gay icon. Am I right? Britney Spears. The gays have always loved her. Oh yeah, yeah. Well yeah, yeah I mean she's in like a dance pop kind of way. Yeah, you know, like yeah. They pump her at the gay clubs, and and I also mean I feel fashion. like whenever. Yes, like her. and whenever someone's wronged, like she is in her conservatorship, oh, um, yeah. that's the kind of thing that gays really rally behind is when mm-hmm. people are like um, oppressed or not treated right. That's something that everyone like can relate to. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. like a third act for her. Uh, now she's sort of a, a mascot for people who have been poorly treated because of mental health issues. No, I mean, mm-hmm. across the board, yeah. not, you know, gay, straight, yeah. all of the above. Well, anyway, we're talking about Britney Spears and whether or not she's a clone. So, uh, <laughs> after all that, so, um, in 1998, she was apparently replaced by a human clone. Hmm. And I do think that this reflects back on some of that mental health stuff uh, that, that we just mentioned. While driving in a car with then boyfriend Justin Timberlake, legend tells that there's somebody we could do without. Legend tells that Spears was decapitated. Sorry, hot take? I don't think so. Come on. <laughs> What did he do? To I mean, you? I don't have affectionate like feelings for Justin. Timberlake. Right, I don't think anybody does. Why do we as a, why do we as a people? Why that do we need that ramen noodle hair? Though I do have oh, oh, you're affectionate into that. feelings about that. <laughs> I was gonna say I think the only thing people have affectionate feelings towards is that ramen noodle hair and that all <laughs> denim outfit. Oh, that was mm. that Canadian tuxedo. You mean it was of its yeah. time for sure. <laughs> so, legend tells uh, that. Timberlake and Spears were decapitated. They were driving in a car. They were killed, decapitated. Hmm. The the corporations responsible, just like McCartney, the corporations responsible. Why is it always decapitation? I'm gonna get it. You got to save that question for the end, Nikki. Of course, because I'm gonna psychoanalyze these. In the in the is this a Walt Disney thing? Is that where we're no, going? No, 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 no. Okay. That, that's cryogenics. He's still frozen <laughs> under the thing. They're they're not gonna come back to life. We're just gonna make a whole new one from scratch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And by we, I mean the corporations responsible for producing and selling her music. Mm-hmm. So 
The corporations responsible for producing and selling her music replaced her uh, with between two and five different clones. I mean, if you're going to clone somebody, you might as well. These literal biological copies of Britney Spears explain why her appearance changed drastically in the early 2000s, as, as opposed to just like, you know, going through your 20s and, you know, trying out different styles, as well as her highly publicized meltdowns. So these were the clones breaking down. They also mm. arguably explain why anyone would marry Kevin Federline. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't expect that. <laughs> See, I told you, we're going to have some fun today. Fun. This is not just Rob telling serious. <laughs> I love this because it's like stories. as close to pop culture like as yeah, we this is get. Good, yeah, we get, this is as poppy, other than like the Tulpas. I feel like this is our, yeah. our gossip podcast right now, yeah. Justin Timberlake was badly burned in this uh, legendary accident and ended up in a coma and was replaced by a clone, uh, but who cares about him, like I said. Wait, he was decapitated and burned? No, I was wrong, he wasn't decapitated, it turns out he was just burned. But Britney was decapitated. I just really wanted him to be decapitated. The Spears conspiracy loops in the cloning theme because the supposed accident was only a year after Scottish researchers cloned Dolly the Sheep in 1996. So if we're thinking about now getting serious, if we're thinking about folklore and legend, cloning becomes this huge thing. And then, you know, the Britney story pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, why would we even be considering Britney Spears, though, in, in the same terms as cloning? So... It be- it's because of a rumor uh, that's of the Spears and Timberlake accident, which started with DJs Keith Kramer and Tony Twitch Longo. This was the 90s. Okay. Tony the Twitch was certainly not the only Twitch he was in 1998. definitely but... doing drugs, right? Is that... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that man is a tweaking. Yeah. He was doing a I bit... I mean, twitching. T- yeah. <laughs> tweaking and twitching at Dallas's KEGLFM. Okay. <laughs> Keith and Keith and the Twitch, uh, they had considered. That's so weird. That's so redneck, I can't. Well, it's Texas, man. It's just Keith they... and then the Keith Twitch. and the Twitch and over the Twitch. here. All my love to our Texas listeners. Why do we have a lot of listeners in Texas? I'm here for you guys. Um, they had considered claiming that Metallica member James Hetfield had died, but they decided that fans wouldn't find that particularly funny since KEGL was a rock station, so a little too close to home. So they decided to switch the subject of their hoax to a pair of pop stars that their audience wouldn't care much about one way or the other. And they were fired for saying on air that Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake had been killed in an auto accident. I mean, you know, he knew what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like fun and games. Okay, until the Twitch doesn't doesn't have any money to pay for his Twitches. So... This is what Justin Timberlake had to say about it. His voice, as always, is being impersonated by our own actor. I know the first thing I did was call Brittany because I was like, well, maybe it got twisted. Maybe something did happen to her. We had both heard about it at the same time, and then she was like, I can't believe this. By the time we actually talked about it, it had been all the way around the world. I feel sorry that they got fired. I don't know why anyone would make up something like that. That's between them and their radio station. I'm not upset about it. I'm not pissed off towards anybody. I don't have any animosity towards these DJs for doing it. It just sucks that my family was so worried about it. And Britney's family too, because they're a part of my family. I feel like I've grown up with them too. I can't believe he like, actually, he actually does speak out on a lot of shit. I don't know. Got a lot Maybe of opinions. Maybe because he's well, not no, that like, popular, so he's just got to get the lime, limelight one way. He wrote well, that troll song. He like, I don't know, he comes for pretty much any time anyone's like, you should speak on this, like, thing that you were involved in, he like, does now. <laughs> yes, he's desperate for the spotlight. No, Ever not since in a good way, he's like, admitting to wrong. Like, <laughs> like with the whole Janet, like, Jackson oh, shit. Yeah. And, like, he got away with some shit there, that was No, bullshit. but that's why nope. recently in the last year, he like, it was a whole thing on Twitter. Like, nah, too little, too late. Well, I, yeah, but I'm just, you know. The false accident, much like the accident with McCartney's friend, did not include any mention of a doppelganger or clone. That detail came, as I'm saying, in part through the whole Dolly thing, after the radio hoax, and then helped to perpetuate the legend. So, I guess Dolly the Sheep makes cloning popular, 
Britney and Justin are already popular. These DJs create this legend that they died. They don't say anything about cloning, but somehow in the ether of pop culture, Dolly the Sheep and the Britney Justin car death meld. They meld in part through Donald Marshall, who was largely responsible for the cloned Britney theory. He claims to have been cloned himself since childhood at a secret underground military laboratory. Oh, we can trust this guy. He's that important? Uh, In fact, Marshall himself isn't Marshall, so I don't know if we can trust him. He's a clone of Marshall. Mm, Okay. There are cloning laboratories all over the world, creating copies of world leaders and celebrities and, as Olivia's pointing out, Donald Marshall, (laughs) (laughs) who is neither of those things. My next door neighbor. (laughs) For various purposes. These laboratories use duplication rather than replication cloning. I know you're asking. I'm going to tell you. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Replication cloning produces a baby that needs to grow up. So that's time consuming. (laughs) I mean, I've got one right now. That's going to take a while. Duplication cloning is done in a giant Petri dish and produces a full adult clone in a matter of months. Yeah. In the Petri dish? You... So it's like a human-sized Petri dish. When does it outgrow the Petri dish? <laughs> I'm really picturing Does it, it get no, a you... new, like, shell of a Petri it's... dish? You got, you got a, the tube. You need the tube. But the conspiratorial cloning technology is imperfect, and clone organs are not viable for transplant. Clones are also susceptible to erratic behavior. Hence, yeah, this goes back on the Britney stuff. Oddly. Since Marshall claims to be a clone, the suggestion that clones eventually begin to mentally break down casts serious doubt on anything he has to say. (laughs) He played himself. Yeah, yeah. See, he's trying to pick on Britney for her breakdowns, but come on, man. You just caught yourself in your own trap there. Eh, Whatever. The animated music video for Britney Spears' Break the Ice, which I'm sure we all have, uh, what, what do you call it? Bookmarked on our YouTubes. Features Britney destroying a cloning facility, which, says Marshall, was identical to an actual cloning facility, which incidentally looks very much like every cloning facility in every sci-fi movie involving clones Mm. or every Rick and Morty episode that you've ever seen. Mm. So back to the Petri dish, ladies. Don't worry, we don't have, you know, uh, 100 pound naked Britney Spears crushing your Petri dish. We've moved her. To a large glass tube with the bubbles, you know, and the tubes and stuff. You've seen it. Right, right. Okay. It's like rows and rows of them. Also, in her song, Mona Lisa, there's a lyric that encourages us to just be cloned. She says, presumably about herself, she's the original. She's unforgettable. She wants you to know she's been cloned. Was she talking about Mandy Moore, Barry Manilow's Mandy, (laughs) Jessica Simpson, Ashley Simpson, Homer Simpson? Clearly. Clearly, the Britney clone, the repetitively replicated Mona Lisa, if you will, is hiding in plain sight. What's more, Elton John's suggestion, or rather Bernie Toppin's in Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's that Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to sing, contributes nothing whatsoever to this conversation. Look, if Britney's a clone, like right now, then she is killing it on Instagram. Like, I love her clone. Her clone is... Go, clone, go. I mean, that's, that's like version... 8.0 8.0 by now. Like we've been through well, a series of Britney that clones. Shit cause she is <laughs> dishing it out. She does not give a flying f- anymore, and I love it. Yeah, all I can think is the mental health thing. That's all I can think when they are talking about the clones breaking down and outbursts and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like I'm just thinking of it. Like if I start acting weird quote unquote one day because i was having a bad day and someone was like yo yo i think he's a clone and she's breaking down i'd be like what the fuck really? yeah what hey now it's it, low yeah it's also Go like ahead. particularly to me as someone that has bipolar and i know Brittany like also does like i'm just kind of like really like you're going to, mm-hmm. like, compare, like, having bipolar and having, like, mood, you know, a mood disorder to, like, being a clone. Like, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, like, almost, like, I don't know. 
I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm not. The Donald no. Marshall thing is icky, I think, for sure. What he's up to is icky. And even though he's claiming, you know, that he himself is a clone, taking her life experience and transforming it into this bizarre sci-fi murder mystery, yeah. it's just wildly inappropriate, right? It's like it, Nikki is saying, like, if someone did that, like, it, yeah, it's just like, yeah. It's highly it's insulting. The only reason it's not... Well, yeah, but the only reason it's not so like when I said it, it sounds so ridiculous. The only reason people think it's not ridiculous about Britney is because of the timing of the sheep getting cloned and the timing of this, you know, jerk being like they die or the people on the radio saying that she died mm. and that just having to line up with her mental health, you know, shifting. That's the only reason that the, like Rob's right is like the perfect storm because if someone came up to me when I was having like a different mood day and was like, "Hey, I think you're a clone. You're breaking down." Everyone would be like, "What weirdo? Where'd you pull that out? Like what? Huh? Yeah. Where'd you get that? Huh? Yeah, where's the corporate so, interest that's paying for you to be cloned underground? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it only because it's celebrities and it just everything lined up for the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's a terrible way to take the experience of dealing with mental health and transform it into this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's unfair to people uh, who have to actually live with it, including Brittany. Let's talk about Eminem, shall God, yeah. we? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, heck yeah. I don't know Eminem, who, this. by the way, performed with Elton John at the 2001 Grammys. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Slightly more perplexing variant of the clone celebrity, although his whole stage persona includes, dare we remember, multiple pseudonyms, including Eminem, who was actually born Marshall Bruce Mathers III. Also Slim Shady. The third? Yeah, the third. How about that? No wonder he changed that. I didn't know that. Uh, Marshall Bruce Mathers and Slim Shady. He claimed to have, he's the real Shady. He claimed to have nearly died. Right? Half of his music is, you know, <laughs> is protesting too much. I'm the real Shady, he says. How do we know? Why would you be telling us that? I don't walk, I don't start the podcast by saying, I'm the real Rob. What do you have to hide, Eminem? <laughs> you should. You really should. I'm the real Rob Thompson. I'm Dr. Rob. I'm the real Dr. Rob. Everyone would start to wonder, why does he keep telling us that? Maybe he's not. He claimed to have nearly died while in rehab from a drug overdose. Eminem himself. This is real. Mm -hmm. But conspiracy theorists know better than Eminem. Come on. Of course. For them, there's no such thing as nearly died, just died. Mm -mm. The theory claims Eminem was murdered by the Illuminati in yet another car crash. That's the third car crash so far. Was he decapitated? Are you going to say he was decapitated? Captain. You got so excited. You swallowed the word. Yeah. <laughs> the Illuminati had offered to let Eminem join their ranks, and when he declined, they successfully plotted to kill him in a staged accident. There are several proofs to this clone conspiracy, including vocal differences between the pre and post 2005 Eminem. Changes to his hairline. You can Google this stuff. Because <laughs> 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 he, he wasn't just balding. Uh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and the time, the time he glitched out or spaced out because he did a lot of drugs. <laughs> Hence, he had to go to rehab where he because he nearly died. But he glitched out on live television. This was a big moment in the 2000s when Eminem just sort of like stopped speaking in the middle of a sentence. On, I don't know, VH1 or something. He's just tripping. Uh, yeah, come on. The Eminem conspiracy begins to hint at the larger body of conspiracy theory undergirding these claims, which starts, as most truly horrible conspiratorial things do, with convicted armed robber Fritz Springmeier, a name longtime <laughs> listeners have heard in reference to both the John Todd Witch hunt, Illumin witch cult, Illuminati theories, and the CIA mind control theories. You guys, you remember Springmeyer at all? Uh, the name is oh, very the bank robbery, maybe. Springmeyer details three possible types of clones produced by the Illuminati. First are the actual clones fertilized in a test tube and grown in a womb to duplicate another person. Second, there's the synthetic people who are grown from certain tissues extracted from cattle. A process first developed in the late 1950s, which was responsible for the cattle, cattle mutilation scare falsely attributed to the chupacabra or extraterrestrials or Barry Manilow. Finally, 
What? <laughs> Hold. Okay. All right. Just, just you know, just throwing a in lot. a few things today to keep you on your toes. Okay. <laughs> Finally, there are the organic robotoids. Oh, love those. That's the organic that robotoids. <laughs> the organic or the robotoids? <laughs> Both the organic. The, the concept of organic robots. I feel like you go into your doctor and be like, "Hey, you got any cream for my robotoids?" Yeah. Jimmy Carter, mm, Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton have either been replaced by these robotoids or coexist with robotoid doppelgangers. Yeah, I'll let Fritz Springmeyer explain exactly what they are. Again, this isn't really Fritz. Scientists are now able to manipulate DNA to create computers. A holographic image of the person's brain is made, and then when the brain of a robotoid is made, the biological computer in its head is caused to form according to the holographic record of the person being copied. Some deviations from the holographic record are needed because the person is a robotoid and not a person. The brain of the robotoid has almost all of the correct memory of the person reproduced, but the robotoid brain is a computer made from biological material which is programmed. It is not a human brain. Wow, I feel real dumb right now. <laughs> There's a lot of contradictions in that, right? Like I'm not just being being crazy. That's a lot of contradictions. Yes, you you got your robotoid that's uh, made out of DNA. I don't even like this okay, word. Okay, but it's a computer. <laughs> no, it's a terrible word. A computer made out of human DNA, so not a computer. Yeah, How can no, it... not really. There's a computer in its head, though. It's up in the, up in the brain. Isn't our DNA like kind of already like? Don't we learn that in class? Like your DNA is like a computer, like it's like software. It's a metaphor. Well, no, because I remember even with um one of my episodes I did, which one was it? I don't even remember now. But I had to do all. It was science. It was science related. <laughs> I had to look up science. Central to Springmeyer's theory is the idea that the brain stores information in hologram form, and this hologram can be accessed and copied. Brains can be scanned and copied like running off a ditto on the old mimeograph machine. Well, you can get an MRI. Right, but they're copying you instead of just, you know, looking. For later okay, use. Okay, it's not like they're saying there's new technology. Like they're saying, like we just take an MRI and then and then photocopy. Yeah, steal yeah. You're sort it? of taking the concept of the MRI and like bringing it to the next level. Although we have to accept this mm. idea that memories are stored holographically. That's an mm. incredibly bizarre idea. But yeah, I'm not going to say who knows. There's absolutely no evidence for that. Olivia, what were you going to say? Just this whole thing is like slowly, I feel like leading up to like the actual like reality of like, like how they like can take and like hologram like all these like famous people. Like, wh didn't they do this with Whitney Houston? And it was like really controversial. Well, it was a Tupac where hologram. They, like, They've done it with a few dead people. Like, there's yeah. Michael Jackson. Didn't they do Michael but I know Jackson? it's like, I think so. But like, I know it's like always been kind of like controversial, but also because there's like that software now where you can like literally just take people's like voice and just like make these days. Songs now, with yeah. Their well, shit. I mean, in, like, in the, but if we go back to the 90s conspiracy community, they were also kind of obsessed with holograms. Uh, Kathy O'Brien claimed <clears throat> that George Bush made himself look like a lizard man using holograms. Yeah. But it's kind of like we got there, yeah. is what I guess I'm kind of saying. Oh, yeah, we've, like, we've arrived like at their dystopia. <laughs> Springmeyer's dystopia has caught up yeah, with us. Yeah, because it's like the hologram thing is like, it's like an issue. Like, is it okay to like do that even if you're like compensating the family and they're okay with it? But these, like, robo it these are still right not robotoids that are made out dead. of DNA. And yeah, okay. So, no, yeah. <laughs> I get we'll it. confuse them for I people. Yeah, anyway. Clones are manufactured in Ada, Oklahoma, near Mount Hood uh, in Oregon. Uh, also at the Dolce Underground Facility in New Mexico. Those are the three spots where you could make a clone. Dolce. Well, that New one Mexico makes one, more in sense. In Ada, Oklahoma, than... in Mount Hood. <laughs> yeah, then Oklahoma. Dolce is the tribal like... headquarters of the of the Jicaria Apache Reservation on the New Mexico-Colorado border, border and is roughly 100 miles north of Los Alamos, the birthplace of the atomic bomb. So, as Olivia's saying, great place to be doing shady scientific research. Uh, Philip Schneider. What? Go ahead. That's the... Oh, sorry. Is that... That's the, where the airport... Uh, thing, Area right? 51? The, like, Duluth 
airport. Uh, Philip Schneider, an explosives engineer working for the government, claimed that an underground laboratory at Dolce was the site of a battle between the United States Army and subterranean extraterrestrials. Saddle in, ladies. Schneider, the son of Oscar Schneider, who helped to invent the first nuclear submarine, true story, had been contracted to drill holes to study the rock layers. Schneider the Younger found it suspicious that his work was being supervised by Green Berets until he was confronted by a seven-foot-tall gray alien who shot off his fingers. (laughs) The subsequent battle killed 67 humans. At the laboratory, aliens had been given permission to experiment on humans and cattle in exchange for access to their alien technology. Apparently, while they had developed incredible finger-destroying ray guns, these particular extraterrestrials needed to be given permission to access cows and humans for probing. When is this? Uh, this is the 90s. Oh, shit, okay, this is way after Eisenhower Treaty shit. Oh, yeah. In addition to these underground aliens, Dolce housed experiments in mind control, genetic engineering, and here we go, Walt Disney, cryogenics. There's your frozen head. Oh, shit. Schneider made a career of publishing. That's a myth. Schneider made a career of publishing and touring his tales of terrestrial extraterrestrials until his untimely death in January 1996. His death was initially attributed to a stroke, but then switched to suicide by rubber catheter hose. I'm not kidding here. What? Yes. What? Wait. He choked himself to death with a rubber catheter hose. In 96. January, that is. That Naturally. seems difficult, right? Uh, well... Uh, you can choke yourself with anything if you're determined. Jesus. Yes, but <laughs> I feel like the plastic... I, okay, that... <laughs> Sorry, it's not, not a recommendation. We do not... Imp- <laughs> to- no, Don't do no, that. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody do that. Nobody experiment with that. Oh, God. Just cut, <laughs> we love cut you. Be safe that. out there. <laughs> stay away. Use I take, the- take it back. Put that catheter hose where it belongs. Or just stay away from <laughs> catheter hoses if you can manage it. Stay healthy. Drink your cranberry juice. We are anti catheter on this podcast. <laughs> no, you, this is okay. our stand. I'm making it now. A prostate issue. Do what you got to do. Unless it's a medical issue. <laughs> Naturally, his fellow conspiracy theorists suspected foul play because he died in a weird situation. <laughs> In 1990, activist and UFO investigator Norio Hayakawa brought a crew from Nippon TV to investigate these claims, or Nippon. Uh, He was not convinced by what he saw. As far as the Dolce controversy is concerned, yes, there may be something there. The underground base story is most likely a story, perhaps, concocted by the government's Black Projects program. I personally think that the government did experiment in bovine diseases research in the mid-1970s in the Dulce area as part of biological warfare research. Biological warfare, but perhaps not clones. Synthetic people and robotoids are less dependable than doppelgangers, and they live longer, presumably for the same reasons Marshall outlined. So there you go. There's alternatives. Springmeyer says powerful people often aren't inclined to avail themselves of any of this technology. Rather, powerful people scour the globe for individuals who look just like them or close enough to them and augment the similarities with plastic surgery. So after going down all that, truth be told, if you're rich enough, you're not going to bother creating your own clone. You could, but you're just going to find a guy who looks like you. (laughs) That's easier. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's out there. I've seen that you guys. Prosthetic nose, a wig. Is it you, Olivia? Is there some people who've been like, hey, Rob, there's a guy who looks like you on, I don't know, someplace. Oh, that's. <laughs> I, I it's happened that, before. That has happened, yeah. yeah. I also get people send me people sometimes just on the internet and are like, it looked like you? I thought this was you. Like, See, if you, were, if you were like a multi millionaire, like the president of the United States, you could be like, bring me that girl. I need her. <laughs> yeah. And she just play you. That'd be a fun, uh, you know, Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> you know, instead of like the like the you know how they always there's like the twin. Thing. There's like the swap. Yeah, like oh, your life is so much better. You're rich and I'm poor, and then they swap. But then they're like, oh no, I want my life back. It'll be like that, but different. Instead of them always being twins, it'll just be. A queen finding a random lady and being like, yeah. you look like me, but without bangs. Cut bangs on her. Yeah. And putting her to work as yeah. a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. 
politicians like Bush and Clinton, uh, bear in mind this comes from Springmeyer who concocted his theory in the 1990s. So we're talking about Bush one. They use their doubles to perform ceremonial duties while they sneak off to engage in satanic rituals. Now there's a Disney movie I want to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My date with the satanic president's daughter? I don't know where the... So, we'll work on the title. Springmeyer traces this practice back to Roosevelt and possibly before. Roosevelt's double, like M&M's, had small physical differences from Roosevelt himself, presumably hairline-based. <laughs> from a scientific perspective age based yeah, yeah a little bit a little bit off according to science the synthetic creation of human clones is possible but not likely clones already exist in nature and we call them monozygotic twins one in 85 births is a twin birth and one in 10 births involves identical twins i mentioned dolly the sheep at the beginning she was successfully cloned by Scottish researchers in 96 by introducing the cell nucleus of an adult cell, in this case from an udder, into an enucleated or immature egg cell, also known as an oocyte. Everybody's having flashbacks to Bio 101. The udder cell... <laughs> The udder cell was reprogrammed as an embryonic cell in order to form the cloned sheep. But this reprogramming process is, as Donald Marshall suggests, and he was correct, is badly fallible, although the rest of it that he did was dirty. The cloning process had been tried on frogs before Dolly, resulting in cloned tadpoles, but those tadpoles never reached adulthood. Outside of cows, the proportion of live offspring per embryo is 1-2%. to 2%. Cows are unique. Of those offspring, uh, those that do make it through gestation to birth, uh, most are born with fatal abnormalities, including overgrowth, overweight, breathing problems, liver fibrosis, and cardiac myopathy. Dolly the sheep died of arthritis after six years, roughly half the lifespan of a non-cloned sheep. And now everybody knows how long sheep live for. That I bet you didn't know yeah. that before. Don't even tell me. Like eight of you knew yep. how long sheep live before. Sheep live for a dozen years. Adult stem cells, which exist throughout the body to replenish dying cells and replace damaged tissue, have since been identified for most cell types and create the clearest opening onto something like human cloning. This might be what you're talking about a bit, Olivia, with the program existing in the cell in the DNA, that we can use these stem cells to create anything. I just feel like in science class, that's what they always used to say is like, you know, that your DNA is like a... Maybe, maybe not. I'm probably making this up. The concept of stem cells is often spoken of in terms of the creepy but less conspiratorial creation of what are called therapeutic clones, clones that exist as stem cell and organ donors for the parent. So you could, you know, create a heart or a liver if you needed one. In theory, we can't do this yet, gang, but in theory. All right, Nikki, I'm going to try and make sense of this. We're going to get back to your Wait. question from the beginning. Yes. Wait, sorry. Are you saying that because they, what you're saying, they can't make organs that way? In theory, it's possible. Because can't but they? They we do haven't gotten make... quite and got quite got there yet. We've uh, modified them in pigs and stuff, I believe, and then transplanted them successfully. Mm. But like petri dishing it on up, I think we're still working on that. Cloning conspiracies are, so here's Rob's take on all of this, and, and this I think is especially important on today's batshit episode. <laughs> cloning, let's make this smart, shall we? Cloning conspiracies are almost too obvious in the way they telegraph our anxiety over loss of identity. But this makes them somewhat unique among conspiracy theories. Most theories worry over loss of agency. We are being manipulated against our will by corporations and governments for their own nefarious purposes. But in the cloning conspiracies, we are not only being manipulated, we could be replaced. Pop musicians. Notice that all of these are about specifically pop musicians. No other celebrity is entering the, the crosshairs of the cloning conspiracy. Because these people are the paragons of personal expression. Unlike actors who take on various roles... The pop musician always plays an exaggerated version of themselves based on a special talent for translating their internal emotional life into lyrics and music. The fact that McCartney and Spears were both decapitated, Nikki, by their legend mm -hmm. of their untimely demise focuses attention on the head, 
not only the home of our unique minds, but also our unique faces and mm. voices. Okay. Everything that makes them special is from the neck up. They have very lovely bodies, but the singer. Not that Brittany was ever really known for her singing voice. <laughs> she was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, Christina was the singer of, of all the girls of that era. Brittany was the dancer. Sure, but right? she has a, her unique voice. Cause she, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's she, that's not her real, like, technically yeah. her real singing voice, but her people wanted her to sing that way, so she had to. Mm. But it's a, a, a signature, right, of hers. It's everything that makes her unique. Yeah. So we got to decapitate. <laughs> why are we so... We don't have to. We are. Why are we so anxious that the most identity-driven among us can be decapitated and replaced? Millions of people can identify what makes these celebrities unique, as Olivia's talking about that voice. And they are or were, at the time of their alleged replacement, often in the public eye. We don't, you know, we're not necessarily getting photos of Paul McCartney leaving his house today, but in 1969, the man could not go anywhere without people being on top of him. In 1998, the Britney could not go anywhere. In 2005, Eminem could not go anywhere. So these conspiracy theories are rooted to the time when these people were perpetually in front of us, uh, the mass audience. If the Illuminati or the music label or the government can replace them, then they most certainly could do it to us for any reason at any time. You would think it's almost impossible, right, to replace these people that are being monitored constantly and are so unique, or at least are marketed as being so unique. But they can do it, says these conspiracy theories. It's a kind of like hyper anxiety that's giving uh, that we're giving voice to with the clones. Much of the various cloning conspiracies are about the danger of technology as well, and in this way, they are fairly prophetic. The car is almost always the means of execution, itself the epitome of 20th century invention. In the later conspiracies with Britney Spears and Eminem, also Donald Marshall and Fritz Springmeier, the technology goes beyond the car to strange underground laboratories filled with advanced medicine, robotics, and computer programming. These conspiracy theories reflect our anxiety over the fact that our technology threatens to steal our identities by replicating us beyond recognition. In McCartney's case, this may have reflected the ability of mass media to mass-produce his image over and over again. The Beatles were some of the first international pop music celebrities, their albums selling in nearly every corner of the globe. They made movies, they were in magazines, they were on merchandise. By the time of Spears and Eminem, this phenomenon had grown exponentially through the influence of digital media and the internet. Pop stars may seem to be masters of their own destiny, but in fact they have lost much of their agency and identity to the mass market who seeks to label and control them. Did former Disney mouseketeer Britney Spears ever really belong to herself, or was she always a product to be bought and sold in duplicated form over and over again? Mona Lisa. Dark, right? It's dark. No wonder well, she has issues. in a sad way, she... Yeah, in a sad way, uh, when you take the cloning out of it, that's not entirely... Like, that is kind of what happened. She, like, her parents used her as a product to sell her whole life. So you could strip away the cloning from that theory, and it's yeah. still kind of true and yeah. darker and sadder. The fear of the technology, I think, is real. And the, the cloning conspiracy does get at something genuine there that the technology does do these things to us and that the mass culture does these things to us. I mean, it's freakish, isn't it? This Chris Rock used to say it was it's freakish for a stand-up comedian to be able to stand in front of, you know, thousands of people and they all just like watch him. It's freakish <laughs> and bizarre. It's freak. I mean, when you think about, I'm not going to Rousseau us too much here, but when you think about the fact that, you know, ultimately we're supposed to be living in these villages, right? <laughs> where mm -hmm. where we, you know, yeah. hang out and get married and have kids and die. And like, you know, we talk to each other and we tell stories and we put on plays and we have a good time. But nobody ever is beloved 
or obsessed over by millions of people. Mm-hmm. Only technology makes that possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not natural to, like naturally, we're not naturally inclined to have this experience. You know? Yeah. It's distorting to us psychologically. I mean, we see this with so many teenage celebrities, particularly child stars, right? Yeah, young fame is horrific. It's hard to overcome. It's rare that we see people really get through it. Yeah. The fact that we care and we share these legends shows our guilt over our implication in hijacking celebrities' personalities, but also our fear over having our own personalities hijacked. We have all become mass marketers providing content for a few big Silicon Valley corporations, most notably Facebook, Google, and Apple. And I could list all of the platforms that we publish this podcast to as well. (laughs) If we are constantly placing ourselves in front of the eyes of an internet audience, to what extent have we lost the ability to live for ourselves rather than for that audience? Led by MTV's Real World and the Kardashians and Paris Hilton, remember her? We've lost the boundary between what of me belongs to me and what belongs to the wide world. Like Sir Paul and Brittany, we've allowed ourselves to be cloned. Now our faces and voices can be reproduced by computer technology, as I think Olivia was talking about, and made to say and do whatever the operator likes. Every day in the internet age, we see a new consequence of our Faustian bargain, and so... From the dark margins of the culture, legends and rumors of underground laboratories full of our doubles echo through the caverns of our nightmares. This is our nature. This is our monster. This is what we deserve. Podcasters. Yeah, you're not wrong. (sighs) All right, Nikki, you want to tell us your story? You got cloned, man. Yeah. Yeah, I woke up this morning and someone had taken three, I just screen, I guess just screenshotted three of my photos off my Instagram page and made a separate Instagram page using my photo and my Instagram name and were adding all my friends and trying to, I guess, use my image to promote some spammy website, so... Can I ask how this made you feel? Um, just so it was so inconvenient. That's all. So you just felt inconvenient. It's like unnecessary. um, You didn't have an emotional reaction to it. I like I said, there's literally three photos of me that could be construed as provocative on my entire like Instagram, and they found them, and they put them up somewhere but my instagram's already public so those photos were already up so you know what i mean it's not like someone went hacked my phone stole a photo of me and and then put the photo i didn't want anyone to see out there like i'm lucky in a way that like the photo that someone stole of me was one i'd already put out to be seen so it's nothing that i was like oh that's embarrassing or that's scandalous i was a little bit a little bit like "Mm, really at a few people who thought it was me and followed it thinking that it was me like what it because i don't know what that says about you and and our friendship because they didn't recognize who you that, that this was a faker yeah i thought maybe they were thinking they'd get to see me naked or something oh, oh. and that's a little weird because that's weird and again like i'm all for women get sexually exploited all the time when women want to, like, make money off of that, I am so for that. But I, and I know a lot of people hate this word, but I was raised such a raging feminist, like, such a poor, broke, raging feminist that the two things I can't stand is men over-sexualizing women and money. So I would never, at least at this point in my life, never do anything like that just because of I didn't know feminists my own hated personal money. issues. <laughs> No, it's to me. It's just oh, okay, poor people. Yeah. I grew up I see, poor, I so I have a bad relationship with money, and I don't like it the way it gets sort of. But over. you didn't feel violated in that way, then. So you didn't. You didn't feel no. sexualized. 
but did you feel a little bit like uh i don't know an uncanny feeling like someone could take your identity and and act and do and say things as you even yeah, though they're not you regardless of the sexual connotation that's the that is the concerning part is like because i realized i was like well should i put my instagram to private then but then i, I realized like that really wouldn't change that much like I'm sure, like, someone screenshotted it already. So even if I made it private now, someone, a random person out there has screenshotted my account. But, yeah, I'm just lucky they weren't, like, actually bad or embarrassing or provocative photos. But it is unsettling to know that someone can just take your face and put your name on it and just say something. And at least a decent amount of people will think it's you. Our identities are in some way out of our hands these days. Whether yeah. we like it or not. You're I I you know, I we're we're Instagram buddies. I I I, run, I don't run the podcast uh Instagram, but I I click through people's photos. I see the kinds of things you post. You're right. There's nothing uh provocative about the things you post. Not uh, and you're welcome to, by the way, dear Occult Confessions listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that too. Post away. Um, but nevertheless, you for some reason you attracted the interest or of these people, or you didn't. You just existed out there. Maybe that that's the thing. You just were there to mm-hmm. be taken and duplicated against your will, and your name to be used, and essentially your handle, your Instagram handle, with a little tweak. Yep. Uh, it looked like you. It acted like you. It didn't act like you, but it yeah. looked like you. <laughs> Well, it's dangerous, especially with how young people use the internet now, like how young people start using the internet and how they're unaware. Like, I don't know, when I grew up, it was a huge thing. Like, whatever you put on the internet is there forever. Like, it was drilled into your head. So I'm aware of that. So I don't post anything that I don't want to circle back to me at some point. But it just stresses me out that there's so many kids on the internet who don't understand that the stuff they're putting out there can come back to them in a dangerous way. And even with you not doing that, we can't control our identity in these spaces. Mm -hmm. It's the Wild West. Our identity is constantly up for grabs no matter what we do. You didn't get hacked, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Nothing happened. You didn't click on the wrong thing. It's just there to take. Someone just screenshotted my pictures, yep. And these clone conspiracies, in many ways, because they date to 2005, 1998, you know, they they anticipated this moment. We were, Facebook was a little baby back then in 2005, <laughs> and now it's a big monster. They Instagram, uh. like, none of these things existed. And, and now anyone can do anything. We see, you know, people posting accounts that say the real XYZ. To, to uh-huh. try and distance themselves from all of the copy XYZs, because anyone can copy anything at any time. We, we live in an era yeah. of clones. My name is Dr. Rob C. Thompson. I am the Supreme Hierophant of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors, bringing this doppelganger series sadly to a close, because uh, this has been just great fun. Uh, I've, I've loved everything about these episodes. It's close to my heart. Uh, these are the episodes, maybe not today's episode, but these are the episodes that really give me hope for the afterlife of the soul and, and the future of humanity. Olivia is stepping in right here at the end just to put this year to bed. All right. All right, Olivia. All right. Say the last words of this show, of this year. Oh, God. Okay. I hereby adjourn and declare close this meeting of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors until such a time as we get together and do it again in the fucking new year. <laughs> we were joined uh, by our newly christened Naked Truth, Nikki Hiller Henderson, NWH. Goodbye. Canadian Queen. Canadian Queen. <laughs> uh, here, here in the last moments of our, of our fourth year, uh, Olivia Literal, our Grandmaster. Yep. That's me. With our next episode, which is only two weeks away, we initiate year five of A Call Confessions. Holy Ah. hell. Oh, my goodness. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. (laughs) So (laughs) here's where we're going. We're going to figure out in our next season what the heck happened to the pagans. We're going to figure out how the world 
got conquered by Christianity. And by the world, I mean, except for, you know, Asia, Islam, and lots of Antarctica. But how did the Western world become Christianized? Where did the pagans go? And by pagans, I don't just mean Celts and Druids, although we are going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the Norse people, Vikings. We're going to talk about uh, Scandinavians. We're going to talk about indigenous peoples of the United States. We're going to talk about Tituba and Salem. Uh, queens are going to get slapped, and uh, Constantine's going to see you know rocks fly through the sky and tell him to love Jesus. It's going to be an exciting, weird series of episodes. <laughs> Columbus is going to discover the Tainos. They're going to discover him back. It's not going to go well for anybody. <sighs> going to do it all. We're going to do the whole thing. Uh, so stay tuned, friends. Uh, f- join us again for year five uh, here on Occult Confessions. Bye. It's a cloning episode. Let me do my impression. I'll do an impression of Olivia saying goodbye, okay? Go ahead. Goodbye. That's pretty good. Thank you. (laughs) I'm coming for your brand, Olivia.